Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime podcast. We are on episode 332 and it is two, and it is Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. We're back uh, in the studio. Uh, we, took a la- we took last week off, but we're back once again. Um, you know, as Carl is sharing the episode all across Facebook, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, our, our our viewers and listeners like yourselves, our, our dear audience. Thank you so much for, you know, watching and listening to Codex Prime uh, every week, uh, whether you catch us on Facebook Live or you catch our audio uh, podcasts on any podcasting platform, uh, Spotify included. Uh, we really appreciate your support and your listenership, your viewership. Um, uh, we're always we're always very appreciative. Um we also want to give a shout out to our sponsor of the show, uh, Midnight Basketball League. The Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League. It's yes. been well underway. It's been it's been amazing. Yeah, it's been like a lot of fun. We have like a lot of featured DJs. So many great players. Oh my God, Centerville Banks players are like no joke. Hmm. Warren Police took a took an L yesterday. Pretty hmm. bad one. Good. You got pulled over in Warwick. <laughs> yes. Did you really? Well, this was years ago. I got pulled over for accidentally running over a stop sign, running past a stop sign. What the hell And it was funny. It was on the way to the podcast when we had Maurice and Aris on the show. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a little salty about that. Yeah, they took a they took a good they took a you know pretty sizable loss yesterday. Mm. But. Yeah. Uh, also, um, as Carl's sharing the episode, um, I do want to give a, a, a quick apology to our listeners uh, for the past few weeks. Uh, we've had some audio issues uh, from our uh, last three episodes. Um, I wasn't sure what the uh, what the audio issues were, but um, I did some tweaking, some sound checking before this this podcast. So hopefully we're coming through loud and clear. We should be. Um, I did check the sound beforehand. Um I don't know exactly what went wrong, but uh, hopefully we've have that problem rectified uh, for this week and moving forward. So we do want to apologize for some of those funky audio issues in the last three episodes. Um, also, uh, I do want to give uh, some quick news, big news in in the world that is me, Victor Omoyo. Um, I don't I don't get too personal on on the Co- on the Codex Prime podcast or or anywhere, but but this but this is news that I'm happy to share. Um, big news is that uh, I am officially engaged. Spike the audio levels. I don't give a damn. It's worth it. Spike the audio levels with your claps, Carl Bird. <laughs> oh, but, God. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's worth it. It is worth it, sir. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, man. What the fuck, 2023? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 wonderful. Um, yeah, man, I, I've I've uh, since we've had some guests on the show, I've had a chance to like really share the news. But you know, I've I've been engaged to uh, my now fiance um, as of uh, July fifteenth. Um, so yeah, it, it it was it was cool, man. It was uh, I, you know, I popped the question. I was nervous as hell, but you know, well, you know, that's but that's a given. Yep, but she said yes, and uh, now we're team fiance and fiance. So, yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing thing. So uh, if Kathy, so if you're, yeah. <laughs> so you know if, you got to put them together. Hmm. 
yeah so if you're watching kathy uh or listening i love you and uh you know i'm wearing a wonder woman shirt but just know that you're the wonder of my life see heart emoji okay so yeah well now that we got that <laughs> out the way fucking Pee Wee herman died ain't that a bitch i know Segway. right um, uh so uh with uh along with love uh unfortunately also you know comes with loss sometimes uh massive loss in the world of comedy and uh and our childhoods too if you were if you're a if you were an 80s baby or a 90s baby uh you knew uh, that peewee herman was one of the main faces of your childhood especially peewee's playhouse um yeah. yeah, which I remember very well. Kindergarten, first grade, that was like my jam back then. <laughs> um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Tim Burton's debut, directorial directorial debut. It is. Yeah. Which, which was great. Still holds up. I mean, I'm going to do the Pee Wee Herman dance in, in his honor. You know, just... You know. <laughs> I was just watching that video too. Yeah. So yeah, rest in peace, Paul Rubens. Um, he passed away after a six-year private battle with cancer. Unfortunately, I think he passed away at the age of seventy-six. Seventy-one, I heard. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. Uh. Yeah, man. He was a uh, Pee Wee Herman. Man, he was he was a hell of a, you know, it was it was a hell of a you know comedic figure. You know, I remember back when watching Pee Wee's Playhouse. You know, as a kid. I remember Lawrence Fishburne as Cowboy Curtis, oh my God. <laughs> with the with, with the with the Jerry Curl mullet. I mean that that was just majestic right there. I mean you you you, you can't beat that. Uh, Paul Rubens also 70. oh seventy oh yeah. wow yes yeah, uh, too soon too soon man fuck cancer, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, Paul Rubens. He also made uh, appearances uh, um, in other dramatic roles. Um, I know. I remember he was in uh, the movie Blow with Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz. He was in the, that. Was such a good movie. That was that was a good movie. He was good too. A bitch. She was yeah, horrible. Yeah, said it. She was horrible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, um, Paul Rubens' final uh, appearance as Pee Wee Herman was the twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen uh, Netflix. Uh, film, uh, which was like Pee Wee, a Pee Wee Holiday or something or other. I, I forget the exact title, but it, but it came on Netflix a few years ago, and that was his final performance as Pee Wee Herman. Um, but yeah, man, Paul Rubens, R.I.P. You'll be missed. Pee Wee's Playhouse, never forget. Wow, well, all right, we've yeah. been on a, it's been a lot between us. Um. Yes. How are we going to do this? Um, let's see. Uh, should should uh, you go first or I go first? Um, Hang on. Ch- okay, let's do rock, paper, scissors. Yep. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, shoot. Boom. Boom. Okay. All right. So Carl, Carl won. Actually, I should call it. You yep. go ahead and go first. All right. Okay. All right. I'll go first. So um, I do have a few film reviews, but before I get into the films, um, last month was July. <laughs> and you know what that means we do we do yep. the barnes and noble criterion collection sale i went out i got a handful of criterions this year so i'm happy to dis- to display each of them uh for for all y'all you know watching before you start i got yeah. one question what's that between getting engaged and purchasing that ring mm-hmm. and this yeah 
Are you happily broke? Happily broke. I want to say broke, but happily struggling, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's worth it. Okay. uh, Struggling, but it's worth it. Yes. But yeah, I got got a few uh, uh, Criterion pickups here, uh, beginning with one of my favorite Ridley Scott films, uh, making its debut in 4K. Thelma and Louise explains why you gave me your other copy. Yep, yep. So I, I gave so months ago I gave Carl my old co- Blu-ray copy of Thelma and Louise because I knew this was coming out in 4K on the Criterion Collection. Uh, great film, classic, uh, Oscar winner for best original screenplay by Callie C- Corey. Uh, one of the great endings of of any film. Yeah, Gina. I just, I just thought of the Fresh Prince. Yeah, Gina Davis. I just knew Tom and Louise will make it over that canyon someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did they though? Um, but yeah, Gina Davis, Susan Sarandon. Uh, name name a more iconic duo uh, in the '90s on film. Batman and Robin. Yeah, <laughs> Double Dragon. Yeah, not, <laughs> not in movie form. <laughs> um, another film I got in 4K, uh, Martin Scorsese's underrated 80s feature, After Hours. Um, one Man's uh, Crazy Odyssey through Soho. Um, sorry, Griffith Griffith Dunn, Rosanna Arquette, Catherine O'Hara. Great film Griffin here. Griffith Dunn's in this? Yeah, that was his. Wait, this of, is him, right? Yep, that's him. Griffin, Griffin Dunn, one of his uh, starring roles. Uh, underrated picture. I know Griffin Dunn because he played in This Is Us. Oh, really? But you still gotta see. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. But you gotta do it. I'm telling you. It's worth it. Yeah, at some point. Eventually. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Don't worry. You know, I watched Limitless. How long did it take you? About a year. <laughs> and what happened? I enjoyed it. How long did it take you to watch? No, it didn't take you as long to watch the other guys. Oh, no. I, I watch other guys sooner. Yeah. But damn it. If Jersey Boys comes to town, <laughs> we're going. Hey. They were here a few years ago. At, at yeah, I met, yeah, we missed it. But we're going. And then we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Get some cucumber water. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> hey, I'm down. I'm down for some cucumber water. But yeah, uh, check it out. After Hours in 4K. Uh, other film I got in 4K, making its debut on that format, is a underrated uh, crime drama by directed by Carl Franklin, One False Move. Bill Paxton, Cinda Williams, Michael Beach, and Billy Bob Thornton, who also co-wrote this film. Pretty intense, intense crime drama. Um, it, it was on it was on DVD for like the longest time, but it was like out of print. Um, so I'm very happy to see this movie uh, make its debut on uh, in 4K. Uh, Carl Franklin, he also directed uh, Devil in a Blue Dress with Denzel Washington, which is also in 4K on the Criterion Collection. Oh, Michael Beach from Soul Food. Yeah. And he looks like B-Rob in this picture. Oh, snap. He does look like B-Rob. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Or or maybe, uh, maybe B-Rob has been Michael Beach this whole time. We never seen him in the same. <laughs> That's true. We've never seen him in the same same uh, uh, same vicinity. Damn, he looks like <laughs> wow. Like if if we see Michael Beach at a Walmart, that's when we know that. It's, that the same, yeah, that's when we. That's when we know they're, they're the same person. First of all, you got to call it the hallowed halls. 
of the look of Walmart. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wally World. <laughs> uh, another film I got uh, on Blu-ray is Alfonso Cuaron's 2001 feature, Y Tu Mama Tambien, which means And Your, Mama, and Your Mother Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a very interesting um, erotic uh, road movie. Um, centers on two horny teenagers who travel with this um, married woman who's uh, dying of terminal cancer, and uh, you know they're just trying to find themselves, you know, in uh, in oh, as they're traveling through uh, Mexico, you know. Um, Why do I feel like you reviewed this before? Well, I, I watched this many years ago, um, and and at first I was like, uh, I, I was I thought that, I thought that there wasn't much to the story because it's just a lot of uh, a lot of scenes of them banging. Um, but, um, uh, like, like they're banging like their girlfriends and then they bang, you know, the, the woman bangs both, both of them. And then they bang each other at some point. Yeah. I, I thought, but, but I, I thought, I thought, I mean, Hey, 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 I mean, you, you know, you got to live it up, you know, one way or another, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought years many years ago when I first watched this movie, I thought there wasn't much to it. But but I've been thinking about this movie a lot lately, and I was like, you know what, you know, there's some movies that I that, that I revisit, you know, that I've revisited recently, and I'm, I've given a second chance, and I'm like, I like it now. It's speaking to me now. So um, I have a good feeling that this film will speak to me at a deeper level now than it did like twelve or thirteen years ago when I whenever I watched it. So yeah, and your mother too, hot and creamy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, moving on. Um, I also got uh, Barry Jenkins' debut feature, making its debut on Blu-ray, "Medicine for Melancholy" with Wyatt Cenac and Tracy Higgins. Uh, Barry Jenkins also directed the Oscar-winning film "Moonlight," and uh, if Bill Street can talk, yep, if Bill Street can talk, I pay attention when you talk. Yeah, see, there you go, there you go. Have you seen any of those movies? No. You should see "Moonlight." It's great. And if Bill Street could talk, good double feature, you know. Uh, Regina King won an Oscar for "If Bill Street Could Talk." Yeah, yep. Uh, I also I'll do it when you watch "This Is Us." When you start "This Is Us," all right, maybe we'll see. All right, then maybe we'll see. Yeah, all right. Uh, another film I got uh, an Albert Brooks comedy, "Defending Your Life," uh, also starring Meryl Streep. Uh, this one caught my eye. Um, I haven't haven't seen it yet, but. Uh, I like Albert Brooks. I like his other film, Lost in America, um, so which is also on Criterion. So I'll definitely give that one a shot. Another film I got is this uh, rock and roll musical, "The Girl Can't Help It," starring the late Jane, uh, Jane Mansfield. And um, this one also features uh, the appearances and music by Little Richard, uh, Fats Domino, Julie London, Gene Vincent, and his Blue Caps, The Platters, and Eddie Cochran. This movie came out in 1956. So it's like a rock and roll musical starring the late Jane Jane Mansfield. Um, fun I'm fact about pretty sure that everybody in this movie is dead. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. James Man- Jane Mansfield also died very young too. Oh okay. Um, fun fact about Jane Mansfield: you know who her daughter is? Who? Uh, Maritzka Hardegay. From uh, Law and Order. Yeah, she plays <laughs> Olivia Benson. Yeah. I do this every time. Every time I hear somebody like. Like a big age gap between relationships. I'm like, boom, boom. It's like, what do you have to say for yourself in the criminal justice system? <laughs> it's actually a thing. Oh man, yeah. That that shows that shows an institution. Especially, yeah, 
It's been around forever. I would probably say that Law and Order has is probably the most iconic TV. Well, one of the longer lasting ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's so many spinoffs. Yeah. But yeah, um, Girl Can't Help It. Um, I'm looking forward to watching this one. Uh, coming, Rock and Roll Musical, especially seeing like a young Little Richard. I'm like, hey, I'm down. I'm down. I'm down for that. Uh, three more movies in the collection I got. Another one, My Man Godfrey, a classic uh, 30s uh, screwball comedy about a bum who uh, who becomes a butler. Uh, hilarity ensues. Um, yeah, I'm looking looking forward to this film right here. Silent? This is... Uh, no, it's, a, it's, it's with sound. Uh, came out in 1936. Uh, another film I got, it's uh, by uh, Peter Bogdanovich, uh, the late, great Peter Bogdanovich. His film called Targets, uh, which is his debut feature. And it was it starred uh, Bela Lugosi, who played Dracula. Mm-hmm. So this uh, I think this is Bela Lugosi's final role uh, before he passed. This came out in 1968. So this one, this one caught my eye. I'm like, hmm, okay. I like the pedigree behind it all. I'll definitely give this a shot. Heard a lot of good things about it. And last but not least, on the Criterion Collection, I got one of uh, 2021's most acclaimed films, which I haven't seen yet. A French film called Petite Maman, uh, which is directed by Céline Sciamma. Uh, Céline Sciamma, who directed uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which came out in 2019, uh, which was a huge uh, critical darling. Uh, This Blu-ray also comes with the... uh, a stop motion animated film, My Life as a, Zuc- as a Zucchini, which was uh, co-written by Ziyama. So I'm like, oh, two films in one? I'll definitely pick this up. So yeah, those are the Criterion pickups I got uh, for this for this uh, this past July. So once uh, November rolls around, I'll definitely pick up a, f- a couple more, you know, to add to the collection. You know, a couple only means like very, very few. A couple dozen more. but You have a wedding to plan, sir. We'd be all right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, well, before before you move on, I, I just got a question. What yeah. is it about, like, when you're, when July and um, November comes around, like, okay, you're in Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. you scroll, you know, you're walking through the very short, the very small Criterion section. Yeah. Uh, so, what is it that just makes you say, like, all right, I'm picking this one up or oh I never seen it I'm just gonna pick this one up mm. whereas like others you're like eh, I'll wait I'll wait I'll wait till I mm. see it in some other form or fashion you know? yeah um a couple couple things like um, if I'm familiar with the director uh, or, or the writer or the actor that's that's featured in the film or if it's a film that like I've heard about for years but just never got around to I'll that's when I'll probably I'll pick it up and give it a shot um, sometimes, if a film's available on the Criterion Channel streaming service, I'll just hold off and not and not get it. Um, and and yeah, like, and if the premise sounds interesting enough, um, I'll be like, hmm, okay, I'll, this looks unique. I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot here, here and there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what kind of like kind of like piques my interest, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's it on the movie front. Um, also, uh, well, for the Criterion Channel, that is, or Criterion Collection, um, I did watch four uh, theatrical releases. One that I saw as well. Okay, all right. So I will, if if we'll, we'll we'll probably get to that if it's what I'm thinking it is. Uh, but the first movie that I'll that I'll review um, is what I feel is the best live action superhero film 
of the year so far. And I'm not talking about, you know, Quando uh, Here we go. I'm not here talking go. about. Here he comes with the trolling. I'm not talking about Antimatter and the Wisp and Quando Mania. I'm not talking about Shazam and the Furious Five. I'm not. For the fives. I'm not talking about, you know, Guardians of the Therapy Session Volume 3. He knows what I mean. Um, and, I'm not ta- and I'm not talking about the one with the criminal who runs really fast. No. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. That's not it. Starring Tom Cruise. Um, well, 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 don't worry. I have four films. We'll all, I'll get to the film uh, that, that I'm thinking about if if it, if it is what it is. But yes, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Tom Cruise, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, is the best live action superhero film of 2023. You can at me all you want to. Those other those other fufu movies I mentioned don't come close. Listen. This movie is the seventh installment in the Mission Impossible franchise, which is almost 30 years old. And it, yeah, it is, but isn't it like... Um, first of all, do you have to watch the other movies? You don't, actually. No. Okay. Good to know. And also, isn't this like one of the final ones? Uh, supposedly, yeah. So this is like the first of a two-part uh, finale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this this movie, uh, once again, Tom Cruise uh, reprising his role as Ethan Hunt, a character he's been playing since 1996's Mission Impossible, with, which was directed by Brian De Palma. Yes, yeah. 60? Yeah. He's 61 years old. Yep, Tom Cruise is 61 years old. He is a complete madman, and I think that cinema is great for it because this man does his own stunts. And he wasn't playing. Yeah, I saw he wasn't playing. Oh no! Yeah, like like the like if you see like part of the appeal of the Mission Impossible franchise is that, especially starting from Ghost Protocol, is Tom seeing what what bizarre out of this world stunt is Tom Cruise going to pull off on camera? This one he jumps, and this was the first scene that they shot for the whole film. He this man rides a rides a motorcycle off a ramp off of a cliff. And just does a nice dive, and then he parachutes. Now let me ask you this: Was that stunt relevant to the movie, or it was just? Oh, it was. It was relevant to the movie. It was relevant to like the climactic uh, set piece uh, of the film, which involved him, you know, landing on a moving train. Oh, yeah. But uh, family, family. Just throw him in the movie. <laughs> just throw him in the series. <laughs> Hell, I'm sure they'll make another one. Hey, make a Roman. <laughs> Mission Impossible Fast and Furious crossover. It can happen. It could. It could. But yeah, uh, this movie, um, Tom Cruise plays, once again, plays Ethan Hunt. Um, uh, him and his uh, IMF, the Impossible Mission Force, they face a dangerous rogue AI uh, along with a figure from uh, Ethan Hunt's past played by uh, who? Played by who? Um... Oh shoot! I, I didn't even. Oh, Isai Morales. Um, Lulu. Was it? Was he in uh, Ozark? Or, or, or was it uh, Narcos? I don't think he was in Narcos, but he played Lulu in uh, Paid in Full. Oh. Uh, sidebar with Paid in Full. You know, um, uh, this year marks the fiftieth and fifty year anniversary of hip hop. 
And so next month, Criterion Channel is put, put, putting all putting together this, this hip hop collection for their streaming service. Paid in full is one of those movies. <laughs> never would never have I never never would I even think in a million years that paid in full. It's not it's not in the official Criterion collection, mind you, but it's on the it's going to be on the Criterion Channel. So Cameron and Mackay Pfeiffer, Wood Harris, and and Wood Harris, they're going to be on the Criterion Wood Channel. Wood Harris is a good actor. Oh, oh, Wood Harris is a good. Yeah, he is. And Mackay Pfeiffer, he was good too. Like I don't know what he's, what he's doing lately, but I'll say this though, because I watched the documentary behind it, mm-hmm. behind like the true story of Peyton Full. Yeah. Yeah, Kim, he kind of nailed that role in his album. Oh, okay. He did. I mean, niggas get shot every day, B. <laughs> That's how they were like, except that they were just younger then. Mm. They were younger. Like, the true story, they were like teenagers. Okay. No, good to know. Well, um, I'll, I guess I'll watch Paid in Full on the Criterion channel next month. Have you seen the movie before? Nope. Never. I just know that line. <laughs> <laughs> um, not. Nah. Paid in Full is not bad. It's not bad. It's just like, especially like if you know the story behind it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, they had to change. They changed a couple of names. Yeah, Ace was A Z, who's actually like still alive, and he like reformed his life and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch, played by Mackay Pfeiffer, is Rich Porter. Yep. Um, tragically passed in the events of that, and then Cameron's character Rico. Was actually Alpo, and I think he like just got out of jail. Mm. Wow! All that. Oh, interesting. All right. So, when you do watch that, I'm actually gonna try to find it. Hopefully, it's available on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. But the documentary is called Game Over. Yep. And it tells the it tells the true story behind it. Oh, okay. Good to know. So yeah, uh, back to uh, Dead Reckoning. Um, so yeah, uh, this so yeah, this is a film. Uh, so um, where Ethan Hunt he's facing a rogue AI along with uh, a dangerous figure from Ethan Hunt's past, and then there's the MacGuffin of the film. There's like these two keys that when you put them together, they can control this AI. And if you ha- if you control these if you control the AI, you can you can therefore control all uh, truth and uh, reality as you know it, as we know it um, as well. Uh, this film, Mission Impossible, um, it is an absolute exciting thrill ride uh, full of practical stunt, stunt work and, 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 and special effects. Tom Cruise is just... It's just exciting to see him, you know, put his, put his money where his mouth is, you know, even though, like, he's... You know, he's so wealthy that, that he doesn't really have to do these movies anymore. Um... You can tell that Tom Cruise does it for the love of the game. And Tom Cruise definitely, you know, he puts his body on the line. He does all sorts of rigorous training to do these stunts that look so breathtaking on, on camera, whether it's, you know, hanging, hanging off the side of a, of a, of a plane in, in a rogue nation or climbing up and down the, the, 
the Burj Khalifa and uh, and Ghost Protocol, this man goes well above and beyond to provide entertainment and spectacle. And this film is no exception. Um, lots of great um, action set pieces, especially there's this one scene where uh, Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell, who plays Grace, who's like this thief who gets swept up in the events of the film, uh, they're, dr- they're driving in this little tiny Fiat throughout the streets of Rome, and they're being chased by uh, Palm Clementif's uh, villainous uh, henchwoman character who's like this who was who's this like huge psychopath who takes glee and causing all sorts of violence and destruction and there's a scene where she's where palm clementine's character is, is driving this armored truck and he's, and he's and she's chasing tom cruise and Haley atwell through the streets of rome up and down stairs all the way through like narrow alleyways and it's just like whoa like how did they manage to pull, pull this off um yeah, we also have uh, appearances once again from Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, as other members of the IMF. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's it's an absolute blast. If you've seen the other films in the franchise, this one is no exception. Definitely check it out. the The train sequence alone is just just you know puts you on the edge of your on the edge of your seat. Mind you, crank that movie with uh, Jason Statham. Um, I say crank is crazier. Well, I guess it's like because of its of its premise yeah but um i'd say mission impossible dead reckoning is a better film yeah but it takes you into like it can't, you're in that you're on that adrenaline rush yes yes precisely yep so you're you're on that adrenaline rush you're you're seeing you're seeing things go down um the ending it's it's satisfying enough that if they if they didn't do a part two which won't happen for a while because of the actors and writer strikes um which sidebar pay your writers and pay your actors fairly because not all of them are multimillionaires. Some of them are struggling, you know, trying to can't even qualify for health insurance. So get on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, this is a great film. Best superhero film, live action superhero film of the year. Um, if you if you if, if you want to, you know, do, you know, get away from, you know, you know, brightly colored costumes and like flat lighting and, you know, boring camera work. And, oh, look, there's a setting of 511 sequels and, and 25 TV shows. Watch Mission Impossible and be invigorated by some good action filmmaking that doesn't have to take place in the volume. So yeah, I you you done you done now? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You, you done your troll for the your troll for the night? Yeah, I, I'm 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 good there. I'm good there. Yeah, I I just had to get that out there, you know, because you know, because people are starving for 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 quality f- original films, you know. People are just starving for films anyway, but you know, pay your fucking actors and shit. You know? Right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was one movie I watched, right. and then um, for my uh, uh next three reviews. Uh, uh, I did manage to watch A24's latest horror film uh, coming straight out of Australia. It's called Talk to Me. Um, yep, Talk to Me. Yep, starring uh, Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, Joe Bird, and Miranda Otto. No relation. Yep, no relation. It's with, it's with an I. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's written. In, this is a directorial debut of uh, twin brothers, uh, Danny and Michael Filippo. And uh, this film, um, it, the, the, the premise of this of Talk to Me is uh, a group of friends. They find this embalmed hand, which may or may not have belonged to like a medium or psychic. And so they do this um, 
TikTok social media trend where where they where teenagers challenge each other to grab grab hold of the embalmed hand and they say talk to me and when as soon as they say that they see the image of a, a recently deceased person that you know and sometimes they see how the person died like you know if the person might appear all fucked up and whatnot but that's the, but that's the first part the second part is is when the person who who's holding the hand says i let you in and then the when they say that the the spirit of that dead person takes possession of the person holding the hand and their pupils become super dilated so like big pools of black and they're convulsing and having a seizure like uh, 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 uh. And then, like the whole challenges, because because teenagers are stupid, they're on. Then they're posting this on TikTok, so they're filming. They're filming each other, watching their friends, filming their friends getting possessed for ninety seconds. And after ninety seconds, they're gonna let go of the hand, and they're gonna talk about, "Oh shit, that shit was amazing!" Oh. But okay, so there's this girl named Mia, played by Sophie Wilde, and uh, her mother. She's just still dealing with the death of her mother, who recently passed due to suicide. And uh, she's she's dealing with grief, and doesn't get any better. <laughs> and, and 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 so, you know, and so like she's she's with her friends, and then her friends, you know, challenge her to you know grab the embalmed hand, say talk to me, and all this. She does, and uh, after after you know experiencing possession by the by the spirit, she she discovers that she really enjoys it. She's like, wow, this is a real, this is a real adrenaline rush. I, oh man, I'm in this. Let's 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 get all of our friends involved. So all their friends are doing this stupid TikTok challenge of like being possessed by this hand, um, and and then and then shit gets shit gets real, where the little brother of her friend holds onto the hand a little bit too long because her because uh, her friend's little brother sees Mia's dead mother. And then when she's and then when when Mia realizes this, she says, "Oh, hold on, hold on, let me talk to her, let me talk to her." And then because of that, he the the the, the kid holds onto the hand for too long, over ninety seconds. And so after they manage to let go of the hand, uh, the kid gets all fucked up. He starts trying to gouge out his own eye. He starts smashing his face into the table, into tables. And then um, at, throughout the movie, um, Mia and and her friends have to deal with these these for these deadly forces that they've that they're that are well beyond their control that that they that they weren't meant to meddle with and so um yeah man this this was a this was an intense film 90 minutes no fluff uh there's some really there's some really unexpected moments like i didn't expect to see a kid make out with a bulldog while possessed or someone or someone lick some toes but i was like wow man the wow the philpo brothers are really making some audacious choices in their debut horror feature for a24 and um I think they're just living up to the accent to the reputation of a24 oh yeah oh yes absolutely and um yeah there's some yeah and and, and, and there's some really there's some really jarring imagery here. Does um, Kathy watch these movies with you? Not at all. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. But it is. Um, yeah, she's she's not a huge horror horror fan. She's she's deathly afraid of Chucky. So, like children's child's play can never be watched in, or at least when she's around, I can't we can't watch that. Not that I'm a huge fan of child's play anyway, but there it is. Um, but uh but yeah um talk to me it's it's a uh, 
it, it's it's a very interesting horror film. I enjoyed it. It, it definitely highlights some. Um, it definitely shows how unfortunately how plausible these dumb TikTok challenges are for teenagers and even like some adults who are way too old to know better. Like for example, the, the latest challenge I heard about was borax water, like drinking borax water as part of mixing borax with water as part of like a cl- health cleanse or challenge. Um, Out of my algorithm. Yeah, so apparently, so watching people uh, play around with this possessed hand is not is not beyond the realm of possibility if it were in real life. I mean, we've had people eat Tide Pods and, 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 and do a stupid milk crate challenge all for the so-called clout. I mean, side, and, and, and I, I gotta, remember the milk, okay, I remember the milk crate challenge. Yeah. That was, and it, it, it was what it was. It's embarrassing. And, and, and I got to say, man, yo, TikTok rots people's brains it, it, it destroys their attention span and and it, and it makes and it and it turns and it it, it it massages the lizard part of your brain where it's like oh i gotta do everything for cloud oh let me let me eat this ky jelly peanut butter and ky jelly sandwich for cloud and all this other shit I, yeah i've seen that and yeah. i'm like and the only reason why i saw that was because it was on instagram because you can share tiktok videos on instagram yeah. it's people Get off TikTok. TikTok is not good for you. It is toxic. It rots your brain, and it, and there is no social good to be had by that platform. It it it, yeah, it, it, it kills your attention span. There is no learning yeah, to is. be learned from that platform. Yeah, and is. and all and all TikTok is, it's just a bunch of non-experts and lay people who speak authoritatively and try to fool you into thinking that they know what they're talking about and they lead you to do dumb shit like drinking Tide Pods and like sticking pens up your ass. Get off the platform. TikTok is not good for you. It's bad for your health. And it's bad for your attention span. And if you have kids, make sure you st- make sure you put that shit away from them. No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm going to say this. PSA over. Okay, I, I, I'll say this in defense of TikTok. I have actually met some like pretty cool people, like some pretty cool wrestling fans mm-hmm. on TikTok. I'm on the platform. I do a lot of my blends on TikTok, some of which you even appreciated. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it all de- it all depends on your algorithm. You know, I've gotten uh, some great movie recommendations off of that, some of which you would like. Mm-hmm. Um, from one from one guy, Stony the Great. Which I'll show, I'll I'll uh, I'll show you a couple of his, and you you be like, okay, he's a cool one, but um, yeah, I'm not gonna blame the entire app just for like certain dumb shit that people do. The people who do the dumb shit for that reason, yeah, fuck y'all, y'all stupid. But it all depends on your algorithm. Yeah, but they seem to be getting lots of views though. Yeah, let them get the views and stuff, but it's like, all right, you know, you're dying in bed because you wanted to eat a Tide Pod, but you got eight million views. So I'm like, all right, I'll just keep, I'll keep doing my blends, you know, I'll keep, you know, spinning, whatever, mm-hmm. do what I do. I'll do a couple, I'll do some like dumb shit, like watch freaking dolls argument shit. That shit was funny. And I don't know how I'm still getting likes for that shit. <laughs> you, even you thought it was like, this is fucking funny. Like, yeah. It was kind of intense. Yeah. 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 But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, talk to me. Um, A24's latest, go watch it. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Filippo brothers do next. Um, two more films that I uh, that I saw. Uh, one of which is Christopher Nolan's latest feature, uh, Oppenheimer. 
Um, I'm so jealous because you had to go see it. Yep, I saw Oppenheimer, um, starring Killian Murphy as Julius Robert Oppenheimer. I think he's finally getting his flowers with this. Like he's mm. always like had the juice, mm. but he's never quite got it. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Just never quite. Yeah, like he's he's been in a lot of good stuff, like even Peaky Blinders, which I hear was a good TV show. I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. And um, yeah. oh, what was Red Eye? Red Eye, I, which I haven't seen. I've never Me seen. Me neither, but I remember like being creeped out from the trailer. Yeah, yeah, it was with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. It was like he just his eye just like turned red when he was on the phone on the plane with her. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. I would like to see that, and just never did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's great to see Killian Murphy like get his flowers because uh, he's a he's a damn good actor as as evidenced uh, in this film, which has an all star cast and just to name a few, uh, besides Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer also features Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Josh Harnett, uh, great to see him back, Casey Affleck, Gary Oldman, uh, yep, and uh, Benny Safdie. Uh, one half of the Safdie brothers, uh, directorial uh, uh, duo, A Good Time and Uncut Gems. Uh, what's up, Stu Burt? My main man, Stu Burt. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Oppenheimer, it's the, uh, the three-hour epic biopic of uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was, uh, credited as, who, who was credited as the father of the atomic bomb. He was the uh, lead director of the Manhattan Project, uh, which took place in Los Alamos, which was the... Uh, which was the famed uh, classified uh, military project where a bunch of scientists, uh, physicists got together to create the first ever atomic bomb, um, uh, which was under the Trinity test. And this film, um, it, it spotlights different parts of Oppenheimer's life from his early academic uh, career uh, to, uh, the, to his recruitment by... Um, to his recruitment on, onto the uh, Manhattan Project uh, by General Leslie Groves, played by Matt Damon, in a no-nonsense role. Uh, the actual development of the atomic bomb. Um, the Also, uh, the 1954 Oppenheimer security hearings, where after after he after uh, the testing of the bomb, like he was under he was under investigation for his uh, alleged communist leanings. Um, and also um, Louis Strauss's 1958 Senate confirmation hearing, which took place many years after the Turing test, uh, the, the, the the Trinity test, rather, um, where where Strauss was uh, was trying to get, become Secretary of Commerce, and he also had some beef with Oppenheimer as well uh, for like a perceived professional slight. Um, this this film is absolutely staggering. Um, not uh, in no small part by Killian Murphy's performance, where the, the film was the entire film was shot in IMAX, seventy millimeter, and so you see like just lots of close-ups of 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 Killian Murphy's face, and you see like the weight of 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 what he's doing, like it's, it's, it's hitting him. It's like on the one hand you see Oppenheimer, Killian Murphy plays this Oppenheimer as a man who's driven partly by ego, but also by scientific curiosity because he wants mm-hmm. to see how far he can go as far as like uh, developing uh, the nuclear fission. Um, and also um, his, his, his own personal need to make sure that the Germans and the Nazis don't develop a bomb first. Um, and then you see like you see like his deep remorse and regret for having essentially, you know, developed the means for humanity to destroy ourselves in a blink of an eye. 
um, where he says, you know, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Um, yeah, just seeing his performance throughout the film was just absolutely incredible. And I think Killian Murphy is definitely going to get some nominations coming his way, as as well he should. Um, yeah, uh, also Robert Downey Jr. is in it. He plays uh, uh, Louis Strauss, who was uh, a colleague, who was uh, a, the head of the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission. Mm-hmm. And he was also... Um, uh, he was he was he was also someone who who recognized Oppenheimer's talent, but also um, had also had a falling out with him, uh, and then was responsible for like sort of like tarnishing Oppenheimer's reputation uh, after the Turing test. Uh, seeing Robert Downey Jr. in this film, man, he d- he delivers such a great performance. Like, I don't expect nothing less. Like, I got I got to tell you, Carl, it is so refreshing. Stop, here we go. It is so refreshing to see Robert Downey Jr. Do some real acting in a real movie that does not involve him flying around in a tin can suit, spouting one-liners and quips left and right, going pew pew pew, shooting lasers out my hands. I, I thought you was done. I thought you was done with the trolling. I mean, I, I mean, we've we've seen like what twenty. <laughs> We've seen 20-something pictures of, of him playing Tony Stark. How much emotion did I feel watching him playing Tony Stark? Nothing. Sh- shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Name, the Death Seat. The name, Death Seat. Name a film, where, name an Iron Man film where you felt any sort of emotion beyond, wow, that was cool. And the hey, first one. So, so yeah, it's so refreshing. After like 15. Endgame. After 15. You why, cried. Why are you bringing up old shit? So, <laughs> you cried. So. Please. So so it is so refreshing after fifteen after over fifteen plus years to see Robert Downey Jr. show the world, okay. That 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 Marvel stuff, yeah, it made me a millionaire, but yeah, that that was just a layer. It revived his life. It saved his life. Sure. But don't don't downplay that. Yeah, it, okay, it, okay, it did. It did. It, it it revitalized him in many ways. But yeah. but Robert Downey Jr. was like, hey, listen, yo, Tony Stark was cool. But let me show you how I get down. Let me show you how what I bring to the table as an actor. He did Doctor Doolittle. Look, listen, we all make mistakes. <laughs> all right. I mean, Jamie Foxx did stealth after Ray. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, but yeah, but yeah, seeing but seeing Robert Downey Jr. You know, give it give it Sherlock give a, Holmes. I like the first Sherlock Holmes. I haven't seen the second one. I did read. I did read on like it was like Reddit or Twitter, one of the two. But it was like yo, a missed opportunity. In Avengers: Infinity War, mm-hmm. where remember that remember the scene where they were on uh, Thanos' ship, yeah, and they were going to Titan, and they were going, they had that banter going back and forth. Yeah, that was a perfect opportunity for both of them to say no shit, Sherlock. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was a missed opportunity right there. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think Robert Downey Jr. He deserves his flowers for this movie. He'll he'll def- he should definitely get a nomination or two his way. Um, cinematography by Hoyt Van Hoytema, uh, who's been working with Christopher Nolan since since Interstellar. Yep, uh, just like actu- just like just really brilliant uh, IMAX filmmaking. Um, there's there's even some shots of like like close up particle effects, which kind of represent like the splitting of the atom, and also oh, okay. can also be seen as like Oppenheimer's like conscience kind of like coming undone um as the movie goes on uh emily blunt plays his wife um um, kitty uh um oppenheimer who who has who has a who's a who 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 holds her own and uh uh, and and florence Pugh plays his mistress um plays oppenheimer's mistress who was also a a psych i think a psychiatrist as well uh she was um gene tatlock 
And that see, and it seems like like the perfect like that story. Yeah. With Christopher Nolan's vi- you know vision and style is just like a perfect marriage. Oh, that's yeah. why I want to see it so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely worth worth watching. Um, yeah, I'm trying it, to. Yeah, it's 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 three hours, but the three hours zips by. Um, it's like no one no one is twelve for twelve. This is his twelfth feature film, and he hasn't made a bad film yet. Um, I haven't seen. No, I'll give it to you. I haven't okay. seen a bad. I haven't seen all twelve, but I. I gotta say, like he has made good movies. Oh like, yeah, I've never seen a bad one. Yeah, yeah, same here. And yeah, this is this is definitely like one of one of his uh, one of his best. And yeah, Oppenheimer gets gets one of my one of my highest recommendations for okay. sure. Um, so yeah, check that out. And uh, last but not least, um, I actually saw a, a, a surprising movie which was on my radar. Um, saw it a couple days ago. And it was uh, Barbie. Same here. You saw Barbie too. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let, let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. So, wait, so wait, wait. say that right. Let me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, so yeah, Barbie, um, which which we've which we both saw uh, separate times. Um, in, in fairness. I kind of had no choice but to because I watched it at work. Oh, you watched we, it at work? Yeah, we took our client. We took our clients to go see it. Okay, all right. Uh, so yeah, Barbie. Um, it's a film directed directed by Greta Gerwig. Uh, this is her third directorial feature, following uh, Lady Bird and Little Women. Uh, this film also co-written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. And when I when I heard that this film was being was written and directed by these two, or directed by Greta Gerwig and co-written by Noah Baumbach, I was like, okay, I, ha- I have the sense that Barbie has is going to have a lot more to say, a lot more to bring to the table than just to be a cynical corporate uh, corporate filmmaking fluff. And so yeah, um, so yeah, that's that's what that's what really piqued my curiosity to go see this movie. Uh, the movie stars Margot Robbie as Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken. Uh, also stars America Ferrera, Michael Cera, Ariana Greenblatt, Will Ferrell, Helen Mirren as a narrator, narrator uh, Rhea Perlman, um, and also a, 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 an assembly of Barbies and Kens uh, played by, just to name a few, Issa Rae, um, Alexandra Ship, uh, Emma Mackey, Hari Neff, Dua Lipa, uh, uh, Kingsley Benadire, Simu Liu. Um, Scott Evans, Nakuti Gatwa, and John Cena. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck. <laughs> so, so yeah, the 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 um, so the story of this film is that uh, Barbie has an existential crisis, um, which shatters her idyllic idyllic existence in Barbie Land, and along with Ken, uh, she travels to the real world in a journey of self discovery. Um. But yeah, I'm curious, Carl. Since uh, since you've also seen it as well, um, fuck. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 acknowledge before before we move on with our review, people. Let's acknowledge some of the comments here in in our Facebook feed. <laughs> Me right now looking at Kyle's um, comment. Kyle Chapman of the UWO <laughs> podcast says Barbie movie is a must see. Says Cowboy fans. Listen. Let me talk to you, Mr. Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> Let's begin with Carl. I'm, I'm curious. What do, what do you think of Barbie? 
okay like it wasn't for my it wasn't for my demographic so i was just like hmm. like i was watching it because i had to not because i wanted to okay so i was like in there but you know i was like all right i'm killing time at work mm-hmm. i'm getting paid to watch barbie yeah what the fuck what the hell let's just let, let me just see it mm-hmm. and i was just like oh, okay this is what is it? There was one thing I did like was um, how they threw in certain like factoids about Barbie. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, how like Rhea Perlman played the ghost, like the spirit of the creator of Barbie, whose name I can't remember right now. Yeah, I think it was, um, I actually have it here, Ruth Handler. Yeah, so she was like, yep, this is me along, you know. Minus the tax evasion. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what happened with her. Yeah. If you watch a document, there's a documentary, um, there's a docuseries on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us that I <laughs> hit, that I freaking can't recommend enough that you guys watch. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, it was just a, it was a lot of like, like they poked fun of a lot of themselves, except that they didn't, you know, See, they didn't indicate that Barbie originated from a German prostitute, but, you know. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, will, I will look that up. Mm, okay. Okay, so it sounds like so it sounds like you, you thought the movie was okay, just, you know, something to, you know, kind of pass the time, but not, not quite to your tastes, I'd say? Yeah, not quite, but, you know, I still, you know, hung on to it. You know, I still hung on and watched, and, and watched it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I knew like my clients were gonna want to talk about it anyways. Once we got out, so I was like, all right, let me at least get, let me you know make the best of this. Let me get into it, and then let's just see what's up. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, uh, watching watching this watching this film. Um, oh, uh, also Kyle Chapman. He says that um, referencing a episode we did a couple months ago. He says, by the way, I'm not beating Resident Evil Four with a knife. That bet is lost. Told you, man. Yeah. Oh, I raged quit already. Resident Evil 4 remake? Why'd you rage quit? I didn't necessarily rage quit. I just haven't had time to play it. Oh, you you got to find the time to play that. I mean, yeah, because Resident Evil 4 remake, like the way it is, like you, it's impossible to finish to beat with just a knife because the way wait the game is, until you can't do I, it. Wait until we get to what I've been up to, and then you'll be like, damn, I understand. Okay, all right. But yeah, uh, so yeah, back to the review of uh, Barbie. Um so yeah, I, I watched the film, you know, getting the sense that this one would have a bit more to say with the, giving the pedigree behind it. And I got to say, like, I came away from this film loving it. I believe like, it. Like, I was, I was po- very pleasantly surprised by this film. Um, I, I, really, I, I really appreciated how this film was like a celebration and a critique of both Barbie and Mattel. Um, I know that since Mattel is, is like a, a bankroller of this film, you know, the, the film can't go way too hard in like, you know, you know, criticizing Mattel. But I did I did appreciate the fact that, that the film took the time to acknowledge Barbie's impact on popular culture, especially around girls and women for better and for worse. And um, and I also liked how how um, how the film kind of centers uh, Barbie and, and Ken, like how they kind of like deal with like their own sense of identity and like how they're trying to figure out okay okay like okay who am i outside of barbie land who am i outside of my role as stereotypical barbie who am i outside of my role as ken the accessory um i really appreciate i really loved how 
you know, Margot Robbie, you know, even even behind this, you know, all the all the hot pink and whatnot, she gives us like, this really this really uh, this this really engaging performance as as the title character and and there was one scene in the film that really stood out to me as well where which Greta Gerwig had to fight to keep in where where Barbie is is she 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 first appeared in the re- in the real world and um, you know she's sitting at the bus stop and she sees this old woman uh, sitting across from her the old woman actually played by uh, played by a two time Oscar Oscar winning costume designer Anne Roth. Um, and and Barbie's looking at her, and she realizes that okay, she's never seen an elderly person before because in Barbie Land everyone looks young, and so she's seeing this 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 elder elderly woman with all her years on her face and like a, a, a life lived, and and Barbie says, "You look beautiful," and the old woman goes, "I know," and, and that 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 put a smile on my face. I was like, "I like this. I like this." Um, yeah, I, I really I really like that scene because it kind of speaks like the heart of of the film and, and, and Barbie's quest for identity and trying to find herself. Um, I really liked the the film's exploration of of gender roles and and, 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 and and the patriarchy and how and how the patriarch how patriarchy patriarchal thinking affects and harms both men and women. Um, I there was like one film there was one scene that stood out to me with America Ferrara's uh, monologue about the the the, the, the impossible tightrope uh, that yeah. that women have to walk in society as like you know like like for example where America Ferrara says that oh like you know as women like we we we, we have to be thin but we can't be too thin and we can't say that we want to be thin and that's just like the tip of the iceberg for like the, the the impossible situation that women have to find themselves in you know being in a male dominated society um, Ryan Gosling absolutely hilarious as ken um i think ryan gosling deserves like like margot robbie also deserves uh some awards nominations his way i like the i like the i like what he brought to ken where where at the yeah he's like this sort of like this himbo this sort of like this kind of like brainless dude it's kind of almost like a chud but then you see but then you see how he's how he and the other kens are treated in barbie land and then when they approach the real world and when he sees how patriarchy kind of favor you know pretty much favors men you know he sees that oh i have a space here i can actually feel value even though he doesn't know that it's 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 all toxic bullshit he feels like he can find an a real identity to latch on to and then and plus like you know because ken all he wants to do is beach because that's his job he wants to his job is beach and he wants to do more than that yeah, I'll, I'll beat you off, you know. So, so which which I was like, oh my god. But uh, which I thought I guess was, in those well, like in all kitty movies, you always have to like well, yeah, you always have to throw some type of adult innuendos in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I I really enjoyed like his performance in there, and 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 also like the musical number, and like see, and also seeing Simu Liu and Kingsley Benadire, two good act, two great actors on the come up. I'm really glad to see them do do work. Um, Kingsley Benadire, he's like, I like I'm really interested in seeing how he portrays uh, Bob Molly. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see the trip? Yeah, I'm like, hmm, I'm interested. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I I really appreciated the the film's exploration there um, of, of those themes of patriarchy. Um, I, I I I do have to say that like um, I, I've I've watched and read some reviews that 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 say that Mattel is having its cake and eating it too, like because they're they're bankrolling the film, but also the film's also making fun of them a bit. Um, and I feel like some people are kind of like holding that against the movie Barbie, but it's like at the same time, it's like okay, you know, you know. What I take away from that is that people 
people kind of holding the taking the film to task for that element, you know, people really shouldn't hang all of their um, political and social awareness solely on this film or solely on like pop culture or what they consume. You know, you're not beholden to like what you what you watch or what you what you see. So it's like this film can be like a really great springboard to like larger discussions of like how you address patriarchy and gender norms and also a springboard to inspire work towards, you know, breaking down those barriers. Um, uh, Tyrone Johnson is trolling in the comments, so we can ignore him. Um, so yeah, I will. So you go, you go, you go after the comments <laughs> against me. But yeah, when they hit you. Uh, so so Tyrone Johnson says that uh, he will not be seeing the movie. He says he didn't see the movie, but he feels it's garbage. Well, Tyrone, I say you're dead wrong. Um, John Haponic says Ryan Gosling um, uh, deserves an Oscar nomination at some point because he's a great actor. And he also wants to play Ghost Rider in the MCU. Okay. Possible. I heard they were looking at Norman Reedus as well. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a layup right there. Yeah, for John, uh, you know, for John, Bla- for Johnny Blaze. But there's been a couple of uh, iterations of Ghost Rider, and the character has been already made his debut in uh, Agents of Shield. But it was mm. the Robbie Reyes character. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Played by Diego. Is it Diego Luna? Diego or Daniel Luna? I think it's Diego Luna. I think I, I could be wrong, but um, but yeah, um, I will say like you know, watching Barbie and watching the intelligence of the screenplay, watching the the great film references that it that it throws. Like for example, like the opening number that spoofs two thousand and one, a space odyssey. I thought that was that was quite oh, inspired. Yeah, the beginning where Barbie's like the monolith. Um, Gabriel Luna. Gabriel Luna, gotcha. Um, watching, watching how the film kind of explores its themes of of, of gender roles, masculinity, feminism, um, and and how how it does it so intelligently and and so full of humor, uh, smart smartly written humor. Um, I gotta say, and no lie, and this is a huge surprise for me. Oh, here we go. Barbie is, as of now. My number one favorite film of 2023. Oh, I was... Man. Yes. Wow. I, I will say, like, Barbie is my favorite film of the year. And like I said, like, we have a few months left of, of, of the year so far. But, man... Really, I don't think ain't much going to be released. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, we have some delays but um, uh, for, for, for future releases. But, yeah, Barbie, like, Greta Gerwig uh, and company take a bow. This is an excellent feature film. Um, I will say that it's uh, it's definitely more for like slightly older kids, like 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 you know ten ten and up can can kind of appreciate the film a bit more than someone younger. But but I will say two more things before I wrap up my review. One, I love this Barbie Heimer phenomenon. Seeing that both films have made a profit so far shows that people are craving original filmmaking. Or if you're taking a like a like a corporate IP or a pre-existing IP. Doing a, doing a completely original, fresh creative take. People are craving that. And it's so good to see that that filmmaking, that, 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 that the theatrical experience is still thriving. Also, number two, watching the, watching Barbie, it was so wonderful to see people of all ages in my screening, like from like different couples, to like even even families who bring in their kids along, like I, in, in the screen, screening that I went to, like there were these parents who, brought, who have like, I guess they, they brought like, like these these three little girls and they had like their own boxed up Barbies kind of propped up on the on the chairs watching and I, th- I, th- I thought that was cute too so yeah man it, so yeah Barbie it's it's a wonderful film it, it's it's an excellent feature film it is 
it is the my 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 favorite film of the year, and I and I and I, I want to see how the rest of the year shakes out. But man, Greta Gerwig, I'm 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 rooting for her. I can't wait to see what she does next. And uh, Tyrone Johnson the second, um, yeah, you can you can talk smack all you want to, and you can you can watch your little I, I don't I don't know what you watch, but um, but yeah, don't sleep on this movie. Check it out, man. Check it out. In fact, I'm gonna go see it again. Go right on ahead. I'm seeing it because 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 my fiance hasn't had a chance to see it yet, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take her next week. So yeah, I, I know I've monopolized most of the time on this podcast. So yeah, but shit happened to me too, Vic. <laughs> I know I I had, I had so much to say, but but yes, you. I know we had a lot of you, guests, uh, but yeah. worth it. All the all these guests have been worth it, by the way. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and and Tyrone Johnson, stop hating. You're a buster. Go on. <laughs> uh, first of all, like my shirt. Yeah, that's a pa- Patreon. Nope. Nope. Come on. Come on. You know it. You know this logo. It's not the target symbol, is it? No. No. Come on. Uh, I'm looking at a target with a P. In the middle of it. Come on. Yeah. You know this. Is it a comic book character? No. Um. No. You know this logo. Prom- nope. Not Pinterest. Not Pinterest. Anybody in the comments can guess. Come on. I'm. Are you Are you sure it's not Patreon? I am positive. I know exactly what this logo is. Uh. I don't know. Um. Pilates. Nope. Yeah, I nope. give up. It is the logo to the Providence Civic Center. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody would know that in 2023. Yeah, they will because they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of it, and then they have the logo inside of the Amica, the Amica Mutual, Mutual Pavilion. Pavilion. Yes, get it the right amp. and keep it. Yes, the amp. Get it right and keep it right. Nope, the Providence <laughs> Civic Center. But anyway, uh, yeah, I have been up to. A lot. Okay. As a matter of fact, I uh, I haven't stopped since. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, as a matter of fact, right the day after our last episode, mm-hmm. uh, family and I we took a trip down to Raleigh, North Carolina. We drove me, listen to baby. Okay. Twelve hours. Damn, half a day. To the Fleet DJ Music Conference, mm. and it was like it was probably it was a huge it was a huge great networking experience. I mean, it did. My complaint was that it seemed more like it was more they were more focused on like artists mm-hmm. more than the DJs. Yep, seeing that like probably like 90% of the people there that were there are DJs but they also yep. like um you know gave uh attention to producers and uh radio personality like DJs who became radio personalities so they had panels for each of those yep. and also like power panels so lots of like other you know there were a couple of celebrities that were that were there um i will say this I know how painful it can be. Yeah, Virginia is a stretch. Mm. Virginia is definitely a stretch. I thought Connecticut was a stretch, but no, it's Virginia. Mm. 
As a matter of fact, but the baby did well. I have so I have the perfect I have the perfect child. <laughs> Literally, like on the way down, diaper blow up. On the way black, on the way back. Oh, she had a fit in New York. We was at a standstill. Oh, she we had she had a fit. Mm. She was not handling. I was just like, just take her out the van. Just take her out and hold her. But I'm like, just take her out. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, she was not having it. But mm. she was. She did good throughout that entire trip. Um, but yes, I did enjoy uh, North Carolina. Damn it, you got to go to City Barbecue down there. City Barbecue. Yes. Okay. First of all, I made sure I did not eat anything that I can eat up here. Okay. So. I ate at City Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Went. I ate at Bojangles. Oh, never had Bojangles. Mm-hmm. And also Hardee's, because there's not a Hardee's up here. Oh, well, really? Yeah, there's not a Hardee's at all. You have a Carl's Jr., right? No. Oh, huh. I have neither one of those, so I'm like, hmm. I gotta do it. Okay. But that City Barbecue was amazing, though. Was it? Yes. Mm. As a matter of fact, one of the one of the radio personalities like recommended me to go there, and I came back. I came back the next day for the DJ uh, Cafe, which I'll which I'll uh, explain go to get into later. And I'll, she's just like, "Yo, you good? I did what you told me to do and went to City Barbecue. Mm-hmm. It was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. Mm. I bought some of their sauce, some of their barbecue sauces." Okay. Nice. But um but yeah, like the produ- yeah, those panels, I I sat front and center just taking notes, just learning so much. I end up uh connecting with, you know, connecting with so many DJs, so many DJs there and uh, celebrities, which was one uh music maestro who's worked with Cameron, uh Chris Brown, he even played a uh Chris Brown uh, track that's going to be on his next album there for for everybody mm. during the producer cafe. Um, yeah, Styles P. He's worked with so many. He's worked with so many people. So, and it turns out like yo, he's a hell of a wrestling fan. Oh. He was just like yo, I talk that wrestling shit all day. Mm. Nice. And that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's dope. So then also I'm sitting there at the power panel, like. Notebook in hand, ready. I just look up and I'm like, Gip? Mm. He's like, What's happening? <laughs> Took a picture of him, but yeah, I was hanging with Cujo and Big Gip from Goody Mob. Oh, snap. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, here's the thing they had not, they like advertised it on the fleet website, but I haven't, like, I didn't even like check it. So I just sat down, I just, I'm on my phone. Then I look up and Gips just right in front of me. Mm, nice. He had a lot, and they had a lot to say, especially about like how, since it was more like artist driven, it's just yeah. like how, you know, how art, how artists, music artists aren't even getting paid because of streaming. Mm. Like the math just ain't really quite mathing up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like how back in the day where it's like, all right, you know, you buy a CD, that's like a dollar in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So if you sell a million copies, you get a million dollars. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah. It, oh, and then he's just sitting there like, my daughter was talking to me, and he's like, yo, what's this brown booty hole? That's a song. That's a song that's out right now. Okay. 
And he's just like, yeah, he's just in there like, this brown booty hole was that? And then this other woman who was there called uh, Janie, her name was uh, Janie Jennings. She's like a, a independent or record, record executive. And mm-hmm. she like straight up, like she was like really harsh. Like, listen, if you're an artist, you're you got to get out of the mindset that you're an artist. You need to be an entrepreneur. You have to get this. Done. You have to get this done. This done. This done. Because, uh, you know, labels don't do. Labels look at you as this and is that. Like the knowledge that she was spent. I can't even. It was a couple of weeks ago, so I don't remember everything off the top of my head. Plus, a lot of it's on you know, notes. But like, did you know like songs have social security numbers? Really? Yeah, I forgot the exact name of it, but yeah, every song has like their own like social security number. Hmm. Yeah. Another fun fact: Do you want to know what's the number one download, the number one song in the world is consistently? Hmm. Was it um? You'll never guess it. I've heard about this before, like like way back in the days, like where MP3s were a thing. Is it is it Tom's Diner? Nope. Untitled track one. <laughs> Untitled track one. Yes, because artists are not lab- are the not labeling and tagging their songs correctly. Mm. So they'll put the they'll put a song out there, but it'll still be tagged under Untitled track one. Oh. So artists aren't necessarily getting paid for their song. Mm. Like there was so many, like there was so many things. I was like, "This is a lot of information to take in." Mm. But yeah. it was like, it, but it's information that's like worth, like worth learning about if you have your, if you like, if you get your shit together, if mm. you are an artist. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So on the so on the way back, one thing too, I got a chance to. Um, Jasmine got a chance to meet my dad's sister. Okay. Which was like, which which was really dope because like you know she got a chance to. That's the first time meeting her father's meeting my father's side of the family, mm-hmm. like anybody. Yeah. So on the way back, I took I made a stop at Red in Red Bank, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and you can see a picture of me here, in front of. Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. Okay, all right. And which was the site of AMC's comic book men no longer on the air. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, it's like I mean, I, I felt home. Mm. You know, and I actually end up and they had like all types of like Kevin Smith and like Kevin Smith, um, memorabilia i end up picking up a copy of masquerade signed by him that you can pick up for like 25 dollars, and then they had like all types of stuff like signed by jason muse kevin um kevin smith like everybody who's worked it who's worked in his movies so um and then i end up meeting one of the cast members of uh comic book ben mike mike zapsick okay yeah, so that's me in my fleet DJ shirt and looking like I'm wearing pajamas. But damn it, I was driving for 12 hours. Don't <laughs> hey, judge me. Got to be comfortable. You're you're damn right. And then there's a sports collectible store mm-hmm. next door. And check this out. What? They had Lawrence Taylor's boots from WrestleMania 11. Oh, man. 
How about that? Yeah. Oh, I had a good laugh. I was like, I got to take a picture of this. But um, also, too, while while in North Carolina, I did stop at Ultimate Comics and end up picking up. I've been spending so much money on freaking graded comics. It's freaking ridiculous. Mm. I picked up a second printing, unfortunately. I thought it was first, and then I just lost my mind and said, nope, buying it. Mm-hmm. But it's second printing of Iron, Invincible Iron Man number nine that came out in October of 2016, which is the first appearance of Riri Williams. Okay. All right. So, yeah, but, dude, uh, I actually drove by. We actually drive by, too. When you're on your way there, you drive by the building that was movies. Oh, okay. The from set. Clerks 2. Yeah. From Clerks 2. So, but, yeah, that was fun. And I got to chop it up with Mike Zapsic for a little bit because he's now the manager of the store. Uh, mm-hmm. Walt actually retired. Okay. Well, Flanagan. So yeah, he retired, but I think he still does like some podcasting on the side. So, but Thanks. one of the comic book men, I was happy. Even I made sure I name dropped uh, Chuck Staten, mm-hmm. who's a mutual friend of ours. So you know, and now I, I kind of opened the door to some opportunities. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Okay. So. The reason why I canceled last week's episode was that I went to a WCW trivia night with the one Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Eric Bischoff of 83 weeks. Yes. The former pilot. WCW executive. Mm. And uh, first of all, I went with Brian from UWO. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we failed miserably. They were asking some good. They were asking some hard questions. Like like really obscure stuff? Not even obscure. It's just like you really had to dig deep into your WCW history. Mm. Like who were the two wrestlers that were in a match when Scott Hall made his debut? Yeah, I would, I would not know that. Um... What was the first match on what was the first title match on an episode of Thunder? Oh. Yeah. Beats what me. was the first title match on WCW Nitro? Was it was it with Hogan? No, it was with Sting. Okay. The US title. Like oh, okay. very deep questions and I was just we was just like, yeah, we failed this miserably. Oh, yeah. He had to dig into the vault. Deep yeah. in the vault for those. But it was a lot of fun. So I went there, got it, you know, got my little meet and greet. So hmm. it was at Lineside, Lineside uh, Brewery mm-hmm. in East Greenwich. Yep. And so me and Brian are sitting there chopping it up and everything. So then we're outside. Mm-hmm. And Eric Bischoff just comes up. He's drinking his beer. He comes up to us. And we're having like a 20-minute conversation. Oh, just came up to y'all. Just came up to us out of all the people that were there. Wow. To the point where strangers were like coming up to us. It's like, does Eric Bischoff know you guys? We're like, no. <laughs> Another person who I knew was there. He's like, yo, how do you know Eric Bischoff? I don't. Yeah. Like people were afraid to come up to him mm-hmm. because he was in such deep convo with us. Wow. That's. That's actually kind of cool. You think? <laughs> let me let me live. Yeah. yeah. So then 
while they were getting rid, you know, while they were get, you know, getting the results for one of the, one of the um, for one of the rounds, they decided, hey, somebody come up here and cut a promo on Eric Bischoff. Okay. <laughs> Guess who went and sh- took a shot at it? You did. Yes, and it was, it was not good at all. It was. I feel like it was good because I thought, you know. When Bully Ray says, like, I'm busted open, he's like, when you're cutting a promo, it's basically the who, the what, when, where, why, how. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I going after you? Who who are you talking to? When are you going to do this? How are you going to beat your opponent? Why should everybody come see this Come see this match, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, the, basic, the basics of a promo. And I think I concentrated way too hard mm-hmm. on doing that. Where I forgot the name of the brewery that I was on, I had to turn around and look. Yeah. Pretty much lost everybody, mm-hmm. and Bischoff just proceeds to roast the shit out of me. <laughs> there is footage. footage. Oh yeah, here you go. <laughs> That's footage it. Of the roasting. Yes. Okay, so worth okay. it though. Okay. It, it, it was definitely worth it, but yes. Oh, and also, yeah. Now I am officially a fleet DJ. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Yep. So right after that, JL Dana is in North Providence in the franchise report, the morning radio show for uh, WBRU up here. Yep. Decided to have a DJ appreciation night. Okay. I was like, all right, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, a lot of my friends are up there, you know, going to be there, probably getting honored and stuff. Let me just go, you know, let me go show some love, show some support and all that. Mm-hmm. So they're calling up everybody's names and stuff, you know, to for their appreciation. And then next thing you know, DJ Mr. Bird. I said, wait a minute, what? Wow. <laughs> okay. I look and show enough like I, there's a certificate with my name on it, yeah, a certificate of excellence. So I was like, "Whoa, shit! Um, damn, I don't know what to say." Like, I, I was speak, I was speechless, you know. <laughs> so as my yeah, here's a picture of me with it, st- taken by uh, Stanley, hot and our hot and our eye. All right, you know you can. Show that to everybody. So, yeah, like, completely caught me off guard. You, you know, there's a lot of us that got, a lot of us that uh, got awards. There's a lot of DJs in there, too. So, that was just really dope. But then earlier that day, I get a call. Because I, I think the day before, I announced that I became an official fleet DJ. Yeah. So, I get a call from my cousin Mike. Mm-hmm. Saying, like... Yo, when can we, yo, can we meet up soon? Like, I got something, you know, I want to drop something off. So I'm thinking, you know, he's just dropping off the baby, dropping off something for the baby. Yep. And lo and behold is a brand new freaking Rain 4 Ooh. DJ controller. Ooh, this, this, with this looks. Stems included. So all I got to do is just press a button and I got the acapella of any song. I just press a button. I got the instrumental of any song. My next blend project is going to be ridiculous. 
Yo, man, this is sleek. Yo, this is what's up. I haven't here. even, like, it hasn't even left that spot in my house because I don't have a case for it yet. Actually, it came in. FedEx made an attempt to deliver it, but mm. nobody was home. Oh, dang. I hate when that So happens. they're dropping it off at, a, at the Walgreens near my house because Walgreens are, if you have an order in FedEx, if you miss it, Walgreens is a drop-off station. Good to know. So, no. yeah. God, I was so... that. Yeah. that. I want one of these, and I'm not even a DJ. <laughs> you know what? Come over. Come over, and I'll let you, you know, get some scratching in. Okay. Yeah, that looks dope, man. That looks seriously dope. Like, it's just... I mean, I'm still learning it and getting used to it. I ain't gonna lie. I've been on stems like crazy. Mm. As you can tell on my TikTok, like, I've just been blending all types of shit. Yeah. Yeah, are you thinking of doing like a wrestling themed mixtape? Maybe it, the, the 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 ideas came to mind. Yeah, yeah, but now this is like, see, this is everything telling you you gotta do the blend battle next year. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, I, don't. Huh? Yeah, you're gonna co-sign. Well, I mean, let's. It's, it's something to think about. Like, uh, if if not next year, then maybe the year after. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if Bad Lad could do it, and he's not a DJ. But he can DJ. Oh, that's true. Like he ha- he ha- he has a training and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well, yeah. So, years of experience, I suppose. So, yeah, I'd say like, give it a good two years. You know, get your get get another mixtape out there, and uh, if you're feeling feeling confident, you know, get in there. I'd say like you know what you could do. Maybe like some ideas is like in addition to wrestling, maybe you can take some. Maybe take some like superhero movie themes or TV themes, kind of make make a nice blend of those. Thought about it. Yeah, something to think about. Thought about it. Like I said, sky's the limit with that. Yeah, that stems is crazy. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Oh man, I can't even like. But I mean, I can't even say like how I can't. There's not even enough work. See, look at it. He's doing it <laughs> next year. <laughs> I can't even say there's not even enough words I can like and there's not enough words of gratitude alone. Mm. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> yeah. See what I gotta do. <laughs> well, I will say like I, I did see footage of the four oh one blend battle, which yeah. is some of which is uploaded on YouTube. There were some good blends there. I'm like Never would have thought this this these lyrics would go with the, with this beat. Like DJ Cherryo with Let's Dance and uh, Right Set Fred. That was that was like bananas yep. I'm like who would think that <laughs> <laughs> who would think to make that kind of blend I'm like that's creativity right there yeah they just put it they just put up Eddie B. Swift's uh... oh nice okay yeah check that out will do will do oh man but yeah so um, and then this weekend I uh, took my nephew out and uh, represented Codex okay. at Rhode Island Anime Con. Ooh, okay. Okay, the first of its kind. So it was very much smaller than um very much smaller than um than Rhode Island Comic Con. Yeah. But um I think it was I think it has a lot of potential to grow. Okay. You know, they had like so many different, you know, Japanese foods there. They had like a little cafe where you can actually like sit down and eat. And then just all types of statues. I bought a couple of uh, Dragon Ball statues. Mm-hmm. They had one comic station, bought a couple of them. Uh, 
couple from there. And yeah, it was just a lot. There was a lot. You know, they had their fair share of panels and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Stevie Oaks and Jacoby Ray, who I interviewed last year yep. for their panel, they had one. And make sure, you know, I got to see uh, Uncle, got to see uh, Uncle Lou. Mm-hmm. Uncle Lou was Perry from the Angry Geek Show. Nice. Um, Bill Diamond was there again. So, you know, I made, I wanted to make sure I said, said hi to him and stuff and nice. be caught up for a little bit. So, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. I, you know, I can see this growing a lot more once they really like get the word out and stuff. Cause anime is just a huge juggernaut. It is. Yeah. Like now, I know. Compared to like what we, compared to what we had to go through mm. to get anime. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, like you had to go to a special store. You had to do, you had to do tape trading. This was just yep. in the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. To now, where it's just like there's so like there's so much anime. Yep. And it's so it, it's so easily accessible. Yep. Which is probably you know one of the benefits of streaming and stuff. But it's like, yeah, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Like we had to hustle to get our anime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot, a lot of popular series too, like, yeah. like One Piece. That's like all the rage nowadays. Yeah, apparently uh, Samuel Jackson is raving about it to Howard Stern. Wow. Yeah, and I'm hearing nothing but good. I hear nothing but good things about it. It's just that mm-hmm. it's a lot. It, it takes a, it's a lot of episodes to like catch up on. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's in like the thousands. <sighs> yeah. Okay. One Piece. That's probably been around for like a long time. Yeah, though. it has. Since like the nineties, maybe I I would believe so, but yeah. uh, Thank you, Alter Reality. Thank you for the press passes. Like looking for look, can't wait till Rhode Island Comic Con. Mm. Um, The Cody Rhodes documentary. Oh, there's a Cody Rhodes doc. Yeah, on Peacock. Okay, and it's pretty uncut. It was pretty honest and pretty uncut. Talk all about All In and AEW. Okay, so it's like it's you know Triple H is kind of catching a little well. Catching a little talk here and there because he called it a because he called AEW a secondary company, mm-hmm. you know. Of T-shirt course. company. What? T-shirt company. Nah, he didn't go that far. He just yeah. said a secondary company, mm-hmm. which I'm like, you really think about it? Yeah, they are. But then you know, Tony Khan was like, "Well, we're number one in this market. We're number one in this market, and so so we're not entirely a secondary company." But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. Yeah, they've only been around for four years. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, be proud of what you don't. Don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. I am proud of what AEW is accomplishing. Oh yeah, what they managed to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Still has it. Still has their flaws, but who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so it's like, all right, in due time, you'll be able to compete. You to heavily compete with WWE. Mm-hmm. So right now, you got seventy years. Yeah. It's a four. It's like, all right, you kind of got a lot there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then also last Friday, uh, the last time we was here, Bad Lab mentioned a uh, Rhode Island hip uh, documentary about Rhode Island hip hop called yeah. Almost Dope, which is available on YouTube. And I suggest y'all check it out. I thought it was, you know, it was very cool. You know, I saw a lot of friends, you know, saw a lot of friends there. And it gave me a really good sense, especially like after the blend battle. Mm -hmm. Like it gave me a really good like appreciation just for Rhode Island in general. You know, and I was just like, you know what? Rhode Island really is dope. Yeah. We really are the best kept secret. Yeah. But no, no doubt about it. 
So I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm from Rhode Island. Fucking right, I'm from Rhode Island. Like, yeah. I own it. Yeah, we've got we've got talent out the wazoo. We do, we do. Yeah. And in a sense, I like we should be getting more shine, but I do like being the best kept secret. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like it was. I felt like the stories were very well told. It's just that I feel like there's a lot missing. Mm. There, 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 there could be like a part two or a follow up. There should be. But yeah, it was by a couple of brown students who loved the Rhode Island hip hop scene, and they just decided to make a documentary on it. Nice, that's what's up. Yeah, so Bad Lads all, he, Bad Lads in it. I, mm. You know, I saw some familiar faces, DJ Buck, who mm. hands down, like if it wasn't for DJ Buck, there wouldn't be a lot of DJs here. So, mm. but yeah, I figured, you know, you got to mention ground. You can't mention Rhode Island hip hop without mentioning. The group Fed Hill or uh, Dirty Dirty, ground effect, the Ground Effects Breakdancing Crew, um, and the Spin Factor events that uh, our guest Donnie Battle had used to host. Um, and so, yeah, just so, there's so much. Mm. You know, the a- AS, everything that used to go on at AS220, hell, the Black Rep, mm-hmm. you know, WBRU 360. Um, I think they were mentioned briefly, but, you know. Yeah, there's so much. There, there's so much more that I think they could, um, they could have mentioned. Mm. And then also on the comic book front, and then this is where I'm about to wrap it up. Where uh, I picked up a couple of CGC, uh, a couple of graded issues uh, for okay. you know for some good prices for some good prices too. Okay. I have uh, Miss Marvel number one back then uh, from 1977, which is. Oh. The first appearance of Carol Danvers as Miss Marvel. Okay. Um, I end up picking up actually yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday was Tuesday, correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, the first full appearance of the new Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Okay. And I found a signed one, which was pretty cheap. But he, this one's probably—it's signed by a very good writer, Cullen Bunn. So mm-hmm. it's a Magneto number four. So I don't think there's really any significance to that story, but it's just oh, I got—it's a signature by Cullen Bunn. So you know why not? So I can add on. So those have been added on to my collection. Okay. And uh, other than. The Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League. I got some good shows coming up. Mm. Uh, Saturday, I will be uh, DJing at the Black Market Flea, which is going to be at the Roger Williams uh, Gateway Center, the Roger Williams Park Gateway Center, yep. which is right in the right on Broad Street at the beginning of uh, Roger Williams Park. Mm-hmm. It's going to be entertain me DJing. There's going to be entertainment, friendly family friendly entertainment. Vendors, food vendors, trust me, and it's free. Come in, bring your family. No excuses. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for something to do since (laughs) Rhode Island is quote-unquote boring. Right. If you're looking for something to do, there's that. And then on August 25th, Codex Prime and the Black Nerd Book Club present... DJ Mr. Bird live at Troop. That's on there, by the way. That's on my <laughs> controller, by the way. Uh, but yes, I'll be DJing at Troop. I am the headlining act. So, um, yeah, the headlining DJ. So on August 25th, 
say roughly around 8 p.m. till closing time, please, please, please come through because this could open a door for Codex, Black Nerd Book Club, and a lot of great events that are in the works, that are being in the works. But we need, but we need your attendance. We need your support. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's up, man. Yeah, lots, lots of great things coming down the pike, man. Yeah. And, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Lot, lots of good. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just need like one day. Like, I'm just now catching up on like three weeks worth of comics. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually started getting back in that comics, uh, single issue, uh, thing, uh, last couple weeks. Like, um, I actually picked up the first issue of Blade. Have you have you have you read it yet? It's in my stack that I gotta get. Yeah, pretty solid. Really? Wait, yeah. you picked up a Marvel comic? I know. Like I was like I was like I was looking around. I was like, hmm. I'm trying to get back into you know, uh, um, buying single issues more consistently again. I'm like, let me see what Marvel has because usually there's really nothing that really grabs me that's like a must get. Yeah. But I saw that they had like that they're bringing back Blade. I'm like. Okay, you know, we haven't had a good Blade thing since Blade 2 in 2002. But, uh... Was it Bloodline Daughter of Blade? That wasn't bad. That was a comic? (laughs) Yeah. It was like a five-part series, though. Okay. Yeah, I was like, you know, I mean... I mean, since then, we've we've had, like, Blade Trinity and the one with Sticky Fingers. So I'm like, this can't be that bad. Let me pick it up. I'm like, solid start. Okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down. World Tree. I need to, I, I'm going to read World Tree. No. You need to. Because when you said A24, I'm it's like, It's an A24. Com- it's A24 in a comic book. Oh, that's... I'm, I'm, I'm home. I'm right there. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick it up. I will pick it up soon. World Tree. Okay. No. Seriously. Mm. This is a Victor-ass movie in comic book form. So it's delicious? I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god the last uh, yep <clears throat> yeah warm and tasty stop <laughs> I don't know why I that. I, I, I don't know I, I always had that Jim Carrey uh, scene in my head from In Living Color with the, the coffee commercial oh god <laughs> it's like slash fatal attraction but Okay, yeah. So yeah, lots lots of good lots of good things coming down here. Um let's see, looking at looking at some of the comments here. Um John says he's still waiting for me to try some Chick-fil-A. Yeah, you'll be waiting forever, buddy. <laughs> uh that that is never gonna happen. But yeah, uh yeah, I think I think that that about wraps it up for this week's uh episode. Um yeah, um once again, thank you all for watching and listening. You can catch all of our episodes. Uh, we're on Facebook Live every Wednesday for now until uh, till the end of September, early October. Uh, catch us on Wednesday nights around 8 p.m. Eastern. All of our episodes are available on, on, on all podcasting platforms, including SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio. Just search for us online. Google search us and you'll find us. Oh, yeah. I met our truth as well at the conference. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Ron the Truth Killings. Man, you have no idea. He, I'm sitting there watching the panel, and then I look around. And I just see him walking in. I'm like, hey, oh shit! I'm like, oh shit! It's our truth. Yeah, 
Yeah, former. Says what's up to me. I'm like, let me get a picture. He's like, I got, I got you, mate. Okay. Yeah, former 731 time 24 seven champion, and that's probably a slight exaggeration. Yeah, but yeah, but you know what? He made that title entertaining. He did. Such as such as it was. I mean, it's a twenty four seven belt. Yeah. It, it it was fun. It was fun for what it was. Yeah. But you did say because he did meet ja- he did meet Jasmine on a fleet call. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that, yeah. But then I was like, here she is, because Jasmine was probably about a good, not even a month old. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, he saw it. He's like, oh, look at her. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> So I rubbed it in Alyssa's face. I'm like, she said it. Yeah, that's what's up right there. She loves me 3,000. <laughs> you, Sam <Sam-50. laughs> 50. But uh, yeah, that, that about wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, tune in next Wednesday. Uh, same nerd time, same nerd channel. Uh, more nerdy goodness down the pike. Um, yeah, uh, as always, uh, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.